Amen. Thank you, David. Well, it's good um, to be there or to be here this morning. I have got a different microphone on because um, I think my voice was too soft last week. So hopefully everybody can hear me well and um, we can dig into this text this morning. It's uh, Luke chapter 5, beginning at verse 17. And I'll just read that to you. On one of those days, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who'd come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some men were bringing a bed on a bed, a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, why do you question in your hearts which is easier to say Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise up and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, pick up your bed and go home. And immediately he rose up before them, picked up what he had been lying on, and went home, glorifying God. An amazement seized them all, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, we have seen extraordinary things today. A couple of months ago, I met a young man who had recently become a Christian. And as I shook hands with him and looked at his face, it was shining. Everything about him said that he loved Jesus and that he was convinced Jesus loved him. Our reading this morning is about having that kind of relationship. Our reading is also about healing. A few days ago, I received an email from friends whose daughter has been having frequent epileptic fits. They, and a whole crowd of us, have been praying that she would have fairly radical brain surgery, which she did. Took a couple of years to sort it out, but the surgery happened, and the email stated that she has now been seizure-free for nine and a half weeks. I cried when I read it. In this case, God healed by his power through medical professionals in response to prayer. But last Saturday at the New Wine Training Day here, I witnessed a woman with crippling arthritic pain in her left knee leave the conference pain-free following healing prayer. God's power to heal is still available to us today through Jesus Christ. This first wee bit, I want us to focus on the power of the Spirit that was at work in Jesus We're told in that very first verse of our reading that as Jesus was teaching, the power of the Lord was with him to heal. 
We're also told that religious experts and teachers of the law from all over that region were there. And as we read through the Gospels, we realize that those religious experts and teachers lived lives that did not match their words. But in this story, we see that Jesus' words brought forgiveness of sins and healing through the power of the Spirit. We read that four friends were seeking to lay their paralyzed friends before Jesus, but the crowd prevented them. Undeterred, they go up onto the roof and remove a number of large sawed tiles and lower their friend down before Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said, your sins are forgiven. These friends had faith that Jesus had the power to heal. And Jesus knew that this man's problem was more than physical. Maybe unresolved guilt or maybe crippling self-hatred. And there's the man lying before Jesus being told, your sins are forgiven. But the experts are appalled. They question Jesus' authority because only God can forgive sins. Of course, Jesus knows what they're thinking. And so he asks, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise up and walk? Both are equally impossible for humans, but equally easy for God. Jesus describes himself to these experts as the son of man, a term used 81 times by Jesus in the Gospels. Nobody else uses that term in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It has its roots in Daniel 7, which describes a heavenly figure entrusted with authority, glory, and sovereign power. In our story, Jesus turns to this paralyzed man and says, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he did. It's absolutely true that only God can forgive sins. And Jesus is God. Some of us shrink from the humbling grace and love of God who forgives us. We think we don't deserve to be forgiven. Our sins are too great. Actually, there's a shameful pride in thinking that our sins are too big for Jesus, too big for the one who has conquered death, who has risen and is alive and active in our lives today. Romans 4 says, our sins are completely covered by the blood of Jesus. Nothing gets missed out. His blood covers it all. Our sin can never be too big for God. He is the sovereign creator and ruler of the universe. Nothing is too difficult for God. In chapters 9 and 24 of Luke, we read how Jesus commissions his followers to a ministry of healing and of offering forgiveness of sins in Christ's name. This is our commission if we love and follow Jesus. I think I should say that again. This is our commission if we love and follow Jesus. We're called to that ministry of healing. We're called to offer forgiveness of sins in the name of Jesus. 
Our reading ends with praising God. We're told that immediately after Jesus said to the man, rise, pick up your bed, and go home, that the man rose up before them, picked up what he had been lying on, and went home, glorifying God. We're also told that all of them glorified God. To glorify God means to bring praise and honor to him. We glorify God by our good works. Matthew 5, 16 says, Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We glorify God and demonstrate that we are following Jesus by bearing fruit through our lives and our witness. John 15, 8 says, But by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Importantly, our spiritual unity glorifies God. Romans 15, 5 and 6 says, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I think the opposite has to be true too. When our works are bad or absent, when we fail to bear fruit, and when we squabble and fight, we dishonor God. And let's be honest, that can be true for every one of us here today. Our works might be absent or not bearing fruit in our lives, and we've been known to squabble with each other. Biblical faith is never merely something we think. It is something we do. Jesus asked the experts, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise up and walk? Walk in Scripture is a metaphor for our life and behavior through Christ. We can walk in newness of life. I better say that again. Walk in Scripture is a metaphor for our life and behavior. Through Christ, we can walk in newness of life, meaning a daily walk of trust and of obedience because of all that Jesus has done for us through the cross. Our current teaching series focuses on the Word and Spirit in Luke's Gospel. All through today's reading, we've heard, He said, say, say. He said to the man, I say to you. All the words that Jesus used and all that He did was undertaken in the power of the Spirit. It's a power that is available to us today. I believe that there are some of us who need a miracle. We need to see God powerfully work in our lives to forgive us or to heal us. I also think that some of us here today have experienced God's incredible forgiveness or miraculous healing power, but we've not been glorifying God through our good works, our fruitfulness, or our unity. The opposite may actually be true of us. Please do not go home today without doing some business with God on that stuff. Our prayer ministry team will be available to pray with you here at the front after the service. And so I just want to pray, Father, 
We pray, breathe your saving and healing power into our lives that we may walk and work fruitfully in spiritual unity with one another. Amen. So let's stand together and let's worship God together. Uh, if the prayer team can maybe come to the front and be at the front during even the singing of this worship song. And if there are those that want to ask for prayer, for healing for themselves this morning, please come forward. But I'm aware that there may be others that would just love somebody to pray with you and pray for you, for someone in your family uh, who's ill at this time as well. So uh, let's worship God together. And if the prayer team could be around the front, please. So we pour 
So we pour out our praise 